So we're almost near the end of our series, Less is More. We've tried to simplify the core six areas of discipleship. I've just kind of boiled them down, and they're, they're not on that note page, but they're in the Bible study inserted in your bulletin. The, just the core of what we're trying to accomplish in discipleship, in growing as lifelong students of Jesus. Number one, that we know God's word that we obey Jesus, that we walk by the Spirit last week, that we apply the gospel this week, that we unite in worship, and then Pastor Frank will bring it on home next week with flourishing in fellowship. So this morning we're going to talk for just a few moments, a few minutes of your time on being united in worship. United we stand. And following this service, we're going to have a, a brief break so you can You can head out. Hopefully you'll stick around. Parents can head up and get kids and come right back uh, for a stay of the church uh, meeting that will last about half an hour. So we're talking about worship. Worship is not only what happens on Sunday mornings. It's an offering of our entire life to God. That through us, by God's sovereign grace, what, what comes through loud and clear is his unconditional love. Sunday worship, of course, it has to do with, with music and gathering, and we're, we're in the midst of a worship service right now, but it's so much more than that. It's about authentic relationships and acts of compassion. It's about evangelism. It's about discipleship. It's about reaching out. That's why I love our church. Did you just see that? Isn't that not infectious? That's what's happening here in this church. And all of it is worship. I'm surrounded by people that want to know God's word more. I just dropped off a study Bible last night at Doug's house. Oh, great, a big old study Bible. Let me get into that. People want to get into God's word. We want to follow Jesus. We want to walk by the Spirit. People are saying to me, Pastor, we don't want to just do it the old way. We want to do it the way that the Lord is leading us. We want to follow the Spirit. And we're united in worship in this place. I see the love. I experience it here in this place, and it's palpable that we're serving one another and being served, that we're caring for one another and being cared for. We had someone who just came in uh, out of the blue in need, and, and everyone mobilized around this individual. Maybe they're still here in this service just trying to find out how can we practically meet some needs and meet some spiritual needs. It's happening in the life of this church. All of it, all of life, a lifestyle of worship. That's point number five in our six-week series. Now, we read from Ephesians. The first half of Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus, he says all the things that God has done for them. He just spells out gospel from beginning to end. It's just overwhelming how much he communicates that Christ has reconciled all of creation to himself. That Christ has brought together a people of all nations to himself that he has adopted them as his beloved, that we can know him as our brother. He knows us as brother and sister, and he introduces us to our heavenly father. We can call him our father in heaven. And all of this, Paul's writing, he's writing from a prison cell, and he he says in chapter 3 that in Christ we have found a love that is wide and deep and high. He says, I want you to know this love, I want you to feel this love. I want you to dive deep into this amazing love that's surprising and surpassing all understanding and knowledge. And then here, finally, in chapter 4, he says, So then, Christian, in light of all I've just got through telling you, 
while I'm locked up in a jail in Rome, live a life worthy of the calling you have received. That's worship. That's what he's driving out, driving at. To live a life for Jesus in every area of your life. All of it can be worshiped. All of it can bring glory to God and bring your ultimate good. It's a lifestyle of worship. And you know what we see here in Paul's line here? A prisoner for the Lord? This life will cost you something. In his case, it cost him his freedom. What else did it cost him? Ultimately, his life fell by the sword. The stakes are so high. But he says, live a life worthy of your calling. Now, there's at least one person here who's thinking or has thought the following. Can't I have it both? Can't I say I believe in Jesus, I'm a a Jesus follower, and also I believe in the plans that I have for my own life? I mean, can't I say, yes, I will worship the Lord, I will give back, I'll I'll help charities, I'll be better than most of my neighbors, but I'll also uh, fulfill the agenda that I have, the plans that I have? There's got to be at least one person, and I'll raise my hand because I've thought that way. So you don't have to raise your hand, but I know there's some of us there. Some of us who have plans. You have plans? You want to stay in control and live this life? How's that working for you? How's that working for you when you, when you actually study God's word? You see that Jesus says, obey me. How does that work for you when the spirit starts stirring in your heart and you're feeling really uncomfortable because you're feeling convicted? How's that working for you? You got one foot in one world and one foot in the other. One of the great moral philosophers of our time of the late 20th century, Iron Mike Tyson, the undisputed heavyweight boxing champion of the world, said this about the plans that we make. He said, everybody has a plan until they get smashed in the mouth. That's what he said. So how's that working for you? When life smashes you in the mouth, what do you got left? What do you cling to? We cling to Jesus. We let the Holy Spirit work through us. We, we search his word. We're trying to understand more and try to go deep. We, we, we give everything that we have not with expectation of anything coming back to us because he's given us so much and yet he gives more blessing. That's what we do. All these ways, with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your spirit, with all of your strength, with all of your soul, we are to love the Lord our God and we're to love whom else? Our neighbor. Love God and love your neighbor. Unite in worship. That's what it says. What does it look like? What does a worthy call look like? He tells us. He really does. Occasionally be humble and generally gentle with people. What? Wait, my contacts aren't. Completely humble. All the time. Why are we to be humble and gentle? What's the opposite of that? Prideful? You know what pride will do? It will kill a church. It will kill unity faster than you can, faster than you can say amen, pastor, pass the plates. 
it will kill the unity of the church. He says, whatever you do, you're going to live a life worthy of everything that God's given to you, all of his love. Be completely humble and gentle. What else? Be patient, bearing with one another in love, making every effort, some effort, what, just, we'll just leave it to the professionals, you know, some of, every effort, he's saying to the whole church, to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. It's all part of the lifestyle of worship. If we keep doing this, if we remain united in worship, God will bless us. United we stand in worship. And what are we united around? Are we re- united around a, a new pastor? Oh gosh, I'm going to let you down. Please don't unite around me. United around this facility or, or what happens on Sunday or how, how excellent the worship is, and, and it is excellent, and we're, we're working to make it better. Is that what we're united around? Oh boy. We've only got one screen working today. What do we unite around? Definitely not our, our preferences in worship. He just said we're to be completely humble and gentle. So what is it that unites us? What brings people together from so many different socioeconomic backgrounds? What brings us together for people to live from coast to coast, from different places and times and generations? We have Husky and Coog fans in this church, for goodness sake. What's going to bring us together? Look what he says. Next slide. He gives us seven, seven things that hold us together. We are one body. We have one spirit. We have one hope, one Lord. We have one faith. We have one baptism. And we have one God and Father of us all. It is the truth of the gospel. It is Jesus Christ and his cross that unites us. It's all these things. You know, Jesus is praying for his disciples in the upper room, and he's praying. This is John 17. He says, Father, Father, I want them to be united together the way you and I are united with the Spirit. We, we want them to experience the kind of love relationship that we've had for eternity. Oh, God, bring them together, unite them, and in the same breath, he prays, and sanctify them by the truth. Sanctify them by the truth. This is the truth that holds us together. There is no other way to heaven. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. That's what unites us as a church. When I write a sermon, I've been doing this for, for a little while now, I, I come to this point in a message you think he's already done. Yeah, you're welcome. I get to the application point, I'm thinking to myself, is it really worth asking people to do these things, to live a certain way, to, to give more financially, more of their time? More? Is it really worth doing these things if we can do it without prayer? If we can do it without power? Is it worth asking you to do things that you can't accomplish on your own? If we can accomplish anything written in God's word, if we can accomplish it without prayer or without power, it's not worth squat. Well, what's the point of me just giving you a few uh, directives and you're like, okay, we can, I can do that. I got, I got some free time tonight. No. I'm interested in application that drives us to my knees. I say, Lord, we cannot possibly, no, it's too big of a vision. Don't forget about what I come up with. 
what you're asking of us is impossible. That's what I'm interested in. A church that is mobilized to reach 20 square miles, new people flooding in, that's the vision. Every church in this region is packed, that we see revival happening. The Lord God is bringing families to this church that need their children to be raised and nurtured. Just Wednesday night, I was at Vine Maple Place. This church was right there from the start. Ten churches gathering together with a vision, a dream. What could we do to help uh, uh, homeless moms and their kids? Now they're opening this incredible facility, never dreaming that that could happen. And it's happening. And I was invited to lead the devotion the first night in this incredible facility. God is at work here. And friends, you know how I feel right now, a year in? I feel sort of like the way Cheryl and I felt when we brought Jonathan home from the hospital for the first time. Those first-time parents, and the, the nurse hands you this little being, you're like, you're not coming with us? Like, <laughs> I, just, I just don't want to, to break it. I mean, the incredible work that God has done in this church. This is the most on fire, committed, united church I've ever had the privilege, not only attending, but of being one of the leaders of. I'm like this, like, I'm looking at this little child. What am I doing? First, I have a five year plan for you. <laughs> if we can get the funding, I can. It's just love. It's love and freaking out. Is he, is he breathing still? Okay, he's okay. Lord, please. That's where we need to be. Do you know why? Do you know why I'm saying this? Because that's how God will get the glory. I want to tell a story 20 years from now. If he comes back before then, that's an even better story. But I want people to say, what happened at that church? We're like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what happened. We just committed to a few things. We really wanted to take it serious and focus in, but, but the Lord did something, and we got to be a part of it. Don't you want that? The magnitude of what's at stake. We're talking about eternity, folks. We're talking about life and death. I don't care what church a person goes to as long as they go to church and love Jesus because that's the only way to heaven or else they're going to die. The magnitude of what's at stake requires a united effort. Each and every one of us in this room, using our time, our talents, and our financial resources to serve the ministry and mission of Maple Valley Church to God's glory. Jesus said in Luke 12, 48, from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be required. The greater the gift the greater the duty of them to bless. Friends, what, what God is doing here, what I see coming is going to be inexplicable. There's no strategic plan for what God has in store for this church. And I'm just so thankful and privileged to do it with you and see it with you. May he accomplish the inexplicable. May it be accomplished for the Lord, not by a strategic plan, not by any obvious means available to us, but by the supernatural means of his grace. 
is I want you to pray a very, very dangerous prayer with me. So I'm, I'm warning you. Don't, don't pray this. Just sit quietly with your hands folded and your head bowed if you don't want to pray it. So I'm going to pray something very dangerous. Let's pray. I'm going to say these words more than once. And if you feel compelled to join me, say it, pray it, raise your hand to it. Lord, have your way with me. Lord, have your way with us. Lord, have your way with this church. We're open-handed, Lord. What would you have for us today? What would you have for us in this next season of ministry? What would you have for us in the coming year and years ahead? Lord, have your way with us. For we are standing shoulder to shoulder. We're together, united in worship of the one true God. And we have the privilege and opportunity to bring glory to you. So lift up the name of Jesus for the glory of his name and his fame. Amen. Amen. Let's stand to sing. Let's stand. things out of us out of this church and as the song says all we have to offer you is brokenness and strife yet you can make something beautiful out of our life and out of this church oh the overwhelming never-ending reckless love of God and that love embraced us to your very heart. And we thank you that we are your children. 
And we're reminded that you own the cattle on a thousand hills, the wealth of every mine, and you've entrusted us with these things. You do not owe us. You own us. We are your children. And we want this overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God be shed in and through the life of this church. And so we bring our gifts to you now that they may be used for the proclamation of your word in our Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. We bless your holy name. You are such an overwhelming, amazing God. We give you our thanks and praise. Hallelujah and amen. time where I'm going to dismiss you in just a moment with a, a benediction a blessing uh, and then we're going to give time for parents to, to fetch your children and come back for this meeting we're going to keep this meeting to a half an hour what you're going to have is a testimony video from two of our students uh, high school students and then we're going to hear from Colleen Starr our newest elder about the finances of the church and all the work that her team has been doing to get our, our hands around the finance, finances of the church we're going to hear briefly from both our deacons and mission council, and then I will conclude with a report on the state of the church and where we see God uh, leading us in the future. So you're more than welcome to stick around for that. But let's stand.
now for the benediction. If you can't stay, God bless you richly. I'm so thankful that you could make time to be here. And uh, I mentioned in the first service, I said, well, you might not want to stick around. People are like, no, we're going to stick around all morning. We, we don't want to miss this. So God bless you if you came to the first service as well. And now receive the morning benediction. United we stand under the banner of Christ's love and grace. It's only by his unconditional, unmerited grace that we are standing together. So may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be upon you, bless you, work in and through you this day and always. Amen.